Welcome to Flip It or Skip It, brought to you by WorthPoint, the world's largest antiques and collectibles pricing and research database. Buy right, sell right, and profit more with WorthPoint. Now, let's meet our hosts. Hi, everybody. I'm Dana Crawford. And I'm Wayne Jordan. Welcome to this episode, number 80 of Flip It or Skip It. We're going to be talking about Christmas nativity sets. Wow. This is uh, the first week of August 2022, <laughs> so we're, we're getting an early start on Christmas? Yes. Or is this not unusual? Yes. I, no, actually, nativity sets sell year-round. doesn't matter. If someone had told me 30 years ago that brick-and-mortar stores specializing in Christmas decor could stay open all year round, I would have laughed out loud. Yes. But it's true. I see them. I don't see them as often as I used to. A lot of those stores have moved online during the COVID mm -hmm. uh, episode and just didn't come back to their brick-and-mortar stores. I guess they discovered you don't need a store to make a profit. Yes. Okay, well, thanks for coming, y'all. <laughs> I just had a moment. <laughs> Senior moment. All of a sudden, I was thinking, what did he just say? Who do you think you are, my wife? <laughs> what did he just say? All right, <clears throat> sorry. Well, I, I admit, almost every treasure hunt I've been on, I would spot a nativity set. Uh -huh. However the sets would not be complete. Right. So this is important to, as you're um, educating yourself about nativity sets, to understand which pieces are included with which brands. Like right. Waterford Crystal, for example, they are going to have everything from 24 pieces in that set of Waterford. So you want to make sure that you educate yourself and you have to find Jesus with the complete set because baby Jesus in the manger, some, sometimes he's removable. So when you have baby Jesus, sometimes the manger is all one unit. So the manger with Jesus in the unit is one piece or other times it depends which religion you are. You have to pay attention to if it's included because sometimes Jesus is removable because some religions actually do not have Jesus in place in the manger until Christmas Day. Well, I think your point is is well made about complete sets. Right. I would encourage uh, flippers that when they see a partial set, don't be afraid to buy it, especially if it's you know, name brand like Yadro or Hummel or or uh, Fontanini, something like that, because you can sell those pieces individually. Fontanini, especially, they have they have huge sets. They have the basic nativity scene with the the stable and the wise men and the shepherd and you know, a few animals and the holy family, and but they have them in different sizes. You know, they have three three inch ones and five inch ones and seven inch inch ones, and they have entire villages where you can buy townspeople 
and the inn. And it's like other Christmas villages where you can build out the whole thing. So they can get really big. So uh, individual pieces will sell. Now, if you have an antique set, something that's, you know, say from the 40s or 50s, something like that, uh, and it's complete, that's going to be a find. That that will be nice. Uh, I I would not shy away from partial sets. Yeah, great point. Now, the other thing I want to point out, another thing that I love about WorthPoint is if you go to WorthPoint and you just type in nativity set Mm -hmm. in the search on the price guide, you are going to get over 200,000 results. Really? So what you can do is go off to the side and start choosing categories to filter so you can start with with glass, you can go to like ceramics, you can go to different categories and then start educating yourself about the highest price, which ones to look for and learn about the brands and what kind of things are included. Like you said, some include, you know, the manger or the, the barn, you know, all these different things. Good point, Dana. All of that's true. Let me bring up a few other points here about how to identify vintage nativity sets, antique and and vintage. They're made out of several different materials. If you go back to the 19th century, uh, they were very often made, uh, of course, of ceramic, but the most common ones were made out of paper mache. And the way they'd use the paper mache, of course, is they would take paper or some kind of paper board and soak it in water until it just became pulp. And then they'd add glue most commonly. Sometimes it would be flour and water. But over time, the the flour, since it's a food substance, could get moldy. Uh, So glue was the preferred substance. But then they'd they'd put them in molds to shape them. And then when they'd take them out, they'd lacquer them and hand paint them and that sort of thing. Okay, Dana, this is a good spot to take a break for a word from our sponsor. So let's do that and we'll be right back. Have you ever bought an item to resell, got it home, and discovered that it wasn't what you thought it was? With WorthPoint's encyclopedia of marks, autographs, patterns, and symbols, you'll always know what you have and what it's worth. Find over 150,000 identifiers updated weekly, covering glass, china, coins, currency, tools, and more. Don't waste your time and money. Use WorthPoint for a 7-day, seven 7-lookup seven free trial. Go to worthpoint.com. Okay, we're back. Yours truly, Wayne Jordan and Dana Crawford, and we're discussing Christmas nativity sets. Let's pick up where we left off. The older ones... I would say late 19th century, early 20th century are going to be the most valuable. And again, the complete sets are, are will bring the highest dollar, but I wouldn't shy away from partial sets because the older sets are more likely to be missing parts or have broken parts mm-hmm. uh, or, or something like that. Regarding collectors, people collect these things the same way they collect Christmas villages and mm-hmm. and so on, is it might take a while to find all the pieces. Mm-hmm. So, again, I, if I find something uh, that's a complete set even, I'm going to compare the price for the individual pieces to the price I'd get for a whole set. 
see where I'd get the most money. I, it's also important to know what the set is made of, whether it's mm-hmm. uh, paper mache or some kind of a ceramic. Generally, the paper mache will be lighter. Yeah. That will be the, the first uh, giveaway. But paper mache is a lot stronger than people think it is. When I was in elementary school, we did a little Christmas show and uh, I helped make the donkey. Now, the donkey stood about four or five feet tall and we made out of paper mache. We made a wooden frame, put chicken wire around it, and then just started sure. running strips of paper through and making them. We painted it and, and so on. And when I think of paper mache, I think about that and how when the donkey fell over, it crushed. But in researching paper mache, in the 19th century, they used to make canoes and boats out of the stuff. Wow. Because uh, uh, there were there were formulas where it could become very very hard. Sometimes it would be not just wood pulp, but it would be textile fibers because it's the long fibers that that add strength to it. And then when you get it all in place and and coated, you can sand it smooth and and paint it or lacquer it or whatever you're going to do. It turns out to be a very strong material. And of course, the other thing would be when you go to Worth Point or to eBay or whatever, look for the famous names. Look for Yadro and Fontanini and Hummel and and some of the other ones and become familiar with the manufacturer's marks. Uh, Hummel, for example, doesn't mark the bottom of their pieces with a serial number or date of manufacture has a date on it, but the date is the copyright date. Oh. So people will pick it up and look at it and mistake the copyright date for the date of manufacturing. They'll think it's much older than it is. Yeah. Those are the primary things you want to look for when you see them in the wild, yeah. in the field. <laughs> Great tip. Even Radco made a set. And what's beautiful, I mean, they are beautiful all of these nativity scenes, in my opinion, and they are each unique, If even if they're crystal glass or they're hand-painted or whatever they're made out of. I just think they're beautiful. If you look at the Radco ones, though, they come with elephants and camels, and they come with more than you see other sets come with. So if you find the standalone like while i'm treasure hunting if i spot an elephant figurine i may not really pay much attention to it but if i know that it matches a nativity scene i'm gonna pay more attention to it so i think it's a good idea to go ahead and take a look at the different categories on those nativity sets so that you can familiarize yourself with what kind of scenes come with which parts. Right. The Radco one I found when I filtered the search on WorthPoint to entertainment. You're kidding. No, I'm telling you, there are so many categories because with over 200,000 listings on WorthPoint, on nativity sets, entertainment has 64,000. Furniture has 63,000. I, I can sort of sideways make reason for putting it under furniture because it'd be could be considered decor, but entertainment just baffles me. Why would there be more than 60,000 of these things listed under entertainment? I don't understand. And, you know, maybe it's, maybe it's a glitch, but for those of us that are trying to educate ourselves, I think it's important to take a look at those categories so that you can learn about them. Also, what about the life-size ones? I don't think I've ever seen life-size ones. Have you? Yeah, in front of the churches at 
Oh, those okay. that light up the molds. Yeah, are those molds? Yeah, there's yeah the the plastic molds that light up. Yeah, okay. I guess that's the same category. Okay, I found one. There's um, an outdoor holy family life size must pick up, and they went for eight hundred ninety five dollars. Really, for three pieces. Jesus, Mary, and Joseph. So that's just for those three. Wow, and how much? Those sold for eight hundred ninety five dollars in two thousand eleven for three piece life size outdoor plastic. No, they are cement. Oh, okay. Well, that explains the price. Molded of rugged, weather-resistant, heavy-cast resin. Okay. Plastic. Yeah. So, if you spot a life-size one, you might want to think about it because they sell very well. Yeah, there's others that are called blow molds. Blow molds. Those those are the ones I was thinking of. Now, this blow mold sold for $250. Is that the life-size one? Yeah. So a lot of the nativity sets, just keep in mind, they included animals, cows, and the the wise men, that kind of thing. So even if you spot one on its own, like you mentioned, take a look at the make and model and pick it up. That sounds like good advice to me. Okay, Dana, let's wrap this up. It's time to go. I'm, I'm looking at my little drummer boy clock on the wall, because I am, after all, a drummer. And it says that it's time to step up and move on. So I'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Take care. You've been listening to Flip It or Skip It, brought to you by WorthPoint.com, the world's largest antiques and collectibles pricing and research database. Buy right, sell right, and profit more with WorthPoint.com.